0: Did you know that boundaries are protective, not punitive? Carmen Hunter. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where
1: holistic women's health expert and board certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful,
0: and beautiful vitality that you deserve. And welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. It's Dr. Kieran. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're probably wondering, what do boundaries have to do with hormones and health, Dr. Kieran? And that would be a great question. They have everything to do with hormones and health. And my guest today is going to help you see that. She's been a health coach for over 11 years and, like me, helps women treat the root causes of their dysfunction, but through her own journey, realized that we were missing something, that she was missing something in working with her clients because no amount of hormone balancing, gut healing, detoxifying will heal certain problems, but boundaries are often the answer. We're going to talk today about what are boundaries? How do you know if you've got good ones? How do you know if you've got poor ones? How does it affect your health? And mostly, what do you do about it when you realize that you're a yes girl and you're draining your power? We're going to talk about what your power is and so much more. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my guest today, and then we'll get started. So Carmen Hunter, she's a functional health coach. She runs the Institute for Functional Health Coaching and trains wellness practitioners. But through her own journey of betrayal, you'll find out what happened to her. She had real life experience that taught her that she was missing a huge part of what it takes to become truly healthy, vital, and alive at midlife. She's gonna share her journey with you. She, like me, learned through the school of hard knocks and hard work, some hard lessons that will benefit you on your health journey. And welcome, Carmen. Hi there, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. I am too. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about one of my favorite topics, because it really is often the thing that keeps women from experiencing the true vitality that's available to them. But I don't think most women know this and they don't hear it from their regular healthcare practitioners. So I think it's super important. I want to start with your story. You're a functional health coach. You know all these nifty tips and tricks and tools to help women to heal themselves how did you come to focus on boundaries and women giving their power away what led you to this yeah you know I've been a health coach for
1: over 11 years now and one of the things that I you know I used to do is start with food I always said, you know it all starts with food and then as I started working with more and more people it was like no I think we need to focus on digestion and it, no, it's sleep and all of these things. So I created seven foundations of health as working with people taught me that everyone needs these things to be healthy. Actually, let's say this, there were six, but one of the things that was missing was addressing trauma. And for me, what I realized with, I could be working with someone who could be doing all of the things right, because I went through this journey myself. I was doing all of the things right. I was eating gluten-free. I was going to bed on time and all these things, but I have leftover residual shrapnel of things that weren't getting well. You know, Maybe it was some aches and pains. Maybe it was uh, you know, stressful burnings in my back and my adrenal glands, whatever it may be. And I was recognizing those things in my clients as well. And so I sat back and thought, what is the one thing we're missing here? So, I started asking for the story. You know, when you were a child, do you remember anything significant happening to you that you feel you can reflect on now that still might be showing up in your story? And lo and behold, we found the missing piece was, you know, we are programmed, and as children, we are programmed and we are nurtured in certain ways. But what we don't get when we're young is the ability to process through specific traumas that we may or may not understand. Parents were not walking their children. I'm 50 years old. And I don't remember being walked through the experience of being in a dysfunctional home or being in a situation where I wasn't quite clear and understanding, you know, that when someone says I need a few minutes, it had nothing to do with my self worth of my time. Well, fast forward into a very dysfunctional marriage and found myself being this people pleasing. Yes, girl putting my, belief, you know, my needs and everything about you know, what would make me happy and healthy to the side while I took care of everyone else around me, the spouse, the child, the friends, the family, everyone else. And so when I learned about boundaries through significant experience of betrayal and abandonment from a, an almost 20 year marriage, I literally was in shock. I have to tell you, I was in shock when my therapist said to me, you know, we need to talk about your boundaries. I was like, I have boundaries. I didn't even know the definition of a boundary. When she explained it to me, I felt that experience of the lack of boundaries through my entire body. I have to tell you, I felt like this, I cannot believe I've done this to myself feeling. Do you know what I'm saying? That what in the world have I done for all of these years that I have given myself away and put
0: myself second?
1: And that all comes back around to not knowing that no is a complete sentence. No clue. I had no idea you could just say no.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally relate to that experience of having an epiphany where you realize or where I realized that I had been living my life in certain ways with certain lies and faulty beliefs that had shaped the course of my life in a way that I didn't know. I thought that's how reality worked. And I too had that boundary experience where I had the realization where I might have good boundaries in some areas, but there are many different types of boundaries. And that I too was people pleasing and not setting boundaries, not enforcing them. I think this is such an important topic, Carmen. I'm sorry that you had to go through all that. And I know you're gonna help so many women because of what you've been through, because you're not alone. You know, your story is a lot of my story too. You know, the details may be different, but this idea that we undergo, I call it less than sensitive parenting. Because I know if you had told me 15 years ago that I was traumatized, I would have looked at you like, what are you talking about? I knew I came from a dysfunctional home. My mom had this little shopping tote and it, had a logo on it that said let's put the fun back in dysfunctional so it was a joke uh-huh. right yeah she used to joke oh we're so dysfunctional and so I thought it was just your run-of-the-mill dysfunction but I didn't realize that there were traumas I actually didn't remember a lot of things which is a sign so you had this experience you said and I love that you were saying what are we missing because that's how you get the insight and so if you're listening today you want to be asking what am i missing and don't keep thinking that it's the one super vitamin pill that you need to take that's going to fix everything that should be out the window if you're listening to this podcast you know that we know we ladies who live a vitally alive midlife and later life we know it's not just one thing but this is one of the biggest things that women miss so talk about with the yes being a yes woman people pleasing not having boundaries what does that even look like well you know one of the
1: reasons that we become that and we don't even i think most of the time we have to remember that we need to give ourselves some grace here we don't sink into those roles because we want to be rejected abandoned and reject and abandon ourselves and betray ourselves right we don't we don't take on that personality characteristic on purpose is something that we have, number one, I believe we've learned. I learned a great deal of codependent behaviors from my mother because of the dysfunctional dance of marriage that she was in, which I, by the way, recreated later in my life perfectly. But what happens is, we learn how to feel validated through the approval of others, right? So when we're little, if we do a cartwheel, look, we get looked at, right? Oh, if we clean the floors the way that our mom tells us to do it, oh, look, we get, we get rewarded for that, right? when all we're really seeking is just this acceptance and this attachment to our main caregivers. And like you said, you know, there, there can be some lightweight parenting going on in that area. And so, you know, as I got older, I realized that I'm doing this to the detriment of my own health. And here's the thing that, I, that really, I hope that people can find help with this is that we have to be present and grounded within our bodies to recognize when we are doing something that steps outside of what's right for us. That's a very hard thing to get to. It's possible, but it's hard, right? Because who wants to stay present when those uncomfortable feelings come in? But that's one of the number one things that I like to teach people is that we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable when those feelings come in so that we can recognize that we are trying to seek our validation by people pleasing to others and saying yes to things that maybe we should be saying no to. When that realization hit for me, I became the no girl. And I'm telling you, I took it and I <laughs> I put that hat on and I wore it proudly because when you do that, when you're able to recognize that you've been betraying yourself, right? And again, we'll go back to that original story of betrayal, right? Because that's all it really is, is, you know, yes, I was betrayed by my husband multiple times, but I always circle back around and I say, you know why I was so upset is that I betrayed myself, which in turn, right? And I'm not saying he didn't do something wrong. But in turn, when you betray yourself, that means that you're not honoring the things that are best for you, right? And one of my quotes is always, you know, you know better, you know best what's best for you better than anyone else does. So when we give that power to someone else and say, well, you know what's best for me, you tell me, you know, what's best for me, we're betraying ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for me to start to say no was bringing back that power and honoring myself for what was best for me. Whole other ball game, And I might have gotten a little bit too big for my britches when I started doing that because I was saying no on every corner, unless, of course, it was my son, right? But I was like, they would say, you know, can you come down and do a speech over here at the Rotary Club? Well, no, it might have been beneficial for me, but no, I'm not going to do that because it wasn't in <laughs> my schedule, right? Or can you come and volunteer for the entire weekend, you know, taking care of the animals for the Humane Society? Nope, nope, I can't do that. And so I want to just say this. It might be uncomfortable at first for you when you start putting boundaries up. You're going to start to see a little discomfort in the people in your life as well. It's not a bad thing because as we always say, again, you know, boundaries are protective, not punitive. We're not doing this to hurt someone. We're doing this to protect ourselves, which is something that I believe that I abandoned for so many years. I did not protect myself first so that I could be the best version of who I am. And that's what saying no really means to me. And that's what no longer people pleasing means to me is that I can still be a good, loving, kind, you know, compassionate server and, partner and mom and all of those things, but I don't have to betray myself to do that.
0: I love that. I love how Marie Forleo says she wants everyone to get on the no train where you're used to saying yes And I find that that's a better, actually a good first step because if you have to think about it in the moment and you think, oh, I have to say no more, you're caught in front of someone who you probably want to please because you want everyone to like you because that's the disease to please. Mm -hmm. And you're having to think they've made a request of you and you're like, oh, do I want to do this? Do I not? It can be so uncomfortable that your logical mind goes offline and the default mode network steps in and just wants to go, yes. Whereas if you make a de facto decision, I'm gonna say no to everything first. I can change my mind and come back later. I find people do better with that. So how does this affect your health though? I know some people are listening and they're thinking, okay, disease to please. I say, yes, I want approval. I want connection. But what does this have to do with my health, Carmen? Oh, gosh. I mean, talk about when you're saying yes all the time, when you mean no,
1: you're defying all the things that you believe to be true, right? I mean, that is so stressful, causing undue stress on the body physically, mentally, and emotionally. And, you know, another thing I always like to say is that getting well and getting healthy should not be stressful emotionally, financially, physically, mentally, none of that, because stress undoes it all. So when we run around you know, thinking that we have to please everyone, what we're really doing is putting our bodies kind of into this um, subconscious state of emergency. You know, and I always like to tell people when I'm coaching people or when I'm teaching my coaches, I always say, you know, let's get real honest here. Is this really an emergency or is this an urgency, right? There's a very big difference there. So I teach stress perception instead of stress management or reduction for that reason. If we can look around us and think, if I say no to this person, and sometimes that the feelings of stress will start to bubble up the minute you think you that you're gonna say no because it's uncomfortable, you've not done it before, maybe you're gonna upset someone, you're gonna you know rock the boat a little bit, that you can feel that physiological stress response in your body, right? Well, stress is so unhealthy for us because it stops or slows our digestion. I mean, it screws up all of our hormones. It takes us completely offline. And so, you know, you can eat all the dang vegetables in the world. You can juice all, you know, all you want. You can go to bed at seven o'clock and sleep till seven the next day. But if you're not able to digest your food, you're not able to have good connections and relationships, you're not able to exercise because you're flooded with hormones. It doesn't matter. All of those things, they don't matter anymore. So stress perception to me is the number one thing. How do we see the world differently? Again, so our body can react in a way that doesn't make us feel worse and doesn't undo all the work that you're doing, right? All the supplements you want to take or the, you know, the training for the 5k or whatever it is. And I always, this is one thing that people don't like to hear, but I have to say that, you know, you know, whatever you ignore or you resist will always persist. It's going to come back no matter what you do. If it is meant to get your attention, it will. If it is important enough that it's going to help you solve your health problems by addressing those emotional things that you are trying to ignore, they're going to come back in some form or fashion. Trust me. I ignored them for almost 20
0: years. So, yeah. Yes, that is so absolutely true. And as you were talking, this book came to mind called Boundaries that is an old-time bestseller actually i had to read that book to learn well what are boundaries me too um, <laughs> you did you yes what is it john townsend henry cloud and townsend Townsend. yes right. Cloud right. Townsend. great book if you're thinking like i don't even know what the boundaries are then you definitely want to look at that book maybe we should define that real quick for people. yeah let's do that go ahead yeah mm-hmm. so
1: you know because i was so i was so confused about it And i was like but i don't understand i know who i am and my therapist is like hold on a minute no let's put this in real clear terms boundaries are where you end and another person begins so when you are so enmeshed in your relationship or enmeshed in your child's relationship or you've enmeshed yourself in other words you have you have tied yourself into someone else's life even though you don't belong there right you start to forget who you are and what's yours to manage and handle so, you know, I like to use this yard analogy, if it's okay if I use this little little mm-hmm. story. This is how I, I like to, to clear things up for people. So let's just pretend that you're sitting over in your beautiful yard and it's mowed and you've got flowers growing and you've got a brand new shiny lawnmower. And that shiny lawnmower is all the good information that you've learned about boundaries and how to protect yourself and how to practice self-care. But next door over the chain link fence, you've got some overweight, you know, male over there unshaven with weeds everywhere, drinking beer on his broken lawn chair right? And he hollers over at you and says, Hey, your yard looks great. Why don't you come on over here and fix it? And you say, yeah, okay. And you take your beautiful shiny mower with all of your skills and you go start mowing this man's yard, right? You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to wear out your lawn mower, which is all the skills that you've had to work hard to get for yourself, you know, to be happy and healthy. He gets to sit on his chair and drink his beer and be unhealthy, right? So what you're doing actually is you are taking care of someone else's problems for them when it's not your place to do so and you're exhausting yourself in the process. So we need to recognize what is our yard to mow and take care of and what is not. And most of the time when you stay in your own yard and you just wave at that person over there, they have to figure it out on their own, which means that you're teaching them how to have their own boundaries. So in relationship, this is what I have found to be true from the, like we've talked about before is that the school of hard knocks is that when one person in a relationship that's dysfunctional starts to shift and move towards a healthier direction and starts taking care of themselves, the other person in that relationship has to change as well. Now, whether or not they come along for the ride in a healthy way or they go the other direction and you, and you part ways remains to be seen. But one person has to take the lead to be a healthier partner in relationship, whether it's friendship, whether it's your parents, you know, whether it's your child or, you know, your marriage. But someone has to take has to take that first step.
0: Right. And I think that what you just described, if you're doing something for another adult that they could do for themselves, that's called codependence. Yes. And that is an enmeshment. Yep. And really you're giving your power away. Can you talk about your power and what that is and power management and
1: how that affects your health? We all have instincts and intuition. You know, we talk about our gut instinct. Everybody talks about the gut instinct, but I don't think people really quite understand that it's a real thing. So again, going back to being present and grounded and staying in the moment is one of my biggest tools for life. Is one of the things I had to learn is how do I stay exactly where I am So I can handle what's coming up within me or what's coming at me from outside in the world, right? So what I noticed when I started to do this is that I had been giving my power, my abilities to understand, to adapt, to change, to learn what was good for me to other medical professionals, right? Because I had a struggle of my own with my journey in health. I was giving my power to my ex-husband who thought that I should go to school and become a teacher and don't rock the boat out there as that animal um, welfare advocate. You'll embarrass me, right? Don't give your power away to the local authorities. Like giving your power away could look like um, believing in a diet. That's going to fix all your problems. You're giving your power to that thing outside of you. When what we really need to do is bring, you know, bring that attention. When you're present and grounded, you are aware of that you have everything that you need within yourself. And one of the things that I think was really powerful that my therapist taught me while I was experiencing all the craziness post separation and divorce was she said, you know, your body, when you're in a state of emergency and you feel you've given your power away to everything outside of you, you feel like you're going to die. And that's a real thing. And you Mm -hmm. physiologically are telling your body that you're going to die. And so then we start to react from that by looking for validation, looking for someone to fix it. When what we really need to do is tell, calm ourselves down, get into that parasympathetic, calming place in our, in our minds and bodies and say, I'm not going to die. I've got this. I can do big things, right? And as Dr. Caroline Leaf says, she says, you know, you can do something that no one else can. And that to me is a power statement for all people, for, especially for women. When, when we're starting over or we're in a place of feeling vulnerable, we have to remember that everything that we need is within us and that we lose we start to get anxiety and we lose that power when we look outside of ourselves first Mm -hmm. so harnessing that power for me was first and foremost get grounded get within yourself and be real honest about what's going on inside of you
0: right that's super important i know there's some people listening right now though who are thinking I don't wanna hear that voice of intuition because I don't wanna know what I don't wanna know that my husband's having an affair and then be like Carmen and have to go through a separation and divorce. I couldn't tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why a lot of people don't listen to their intuition is because they don't want, if they knew what they are trying to consciously not know, then they would have to do something that they don't want to do. And what do we hate more than anything? Change. Mm -hmm. And fear of the unknown. Right. What do you say to that person? For 10 years, I had dreams that my husband
1: was leaving me. And when I dream, I dream very vividly. I can wake up and literally want to slap him on the face because it's so real. I mean, there were times I would wake up and I, my pillow would be soaked from tears and I would walk in the kitchen and he would say, what's wrong with you? Why, why, you know, I said, well, you left me again last night. This is very real, okay? It started mm-hmm. before I even had children, mm-hmm. had a child. And I say, and he'd say, well, that's just crazy. That kind of talk, that's gaslighting first and foremost. To tell someone that. when, When in reality, what my something was going on that was trying to give me these messages. Right. And I, instead of looking at it and saying, Hey, you know, this might be a real feeling I'm having. Can we talk through this? Cause I'm feeling very uncomfortable. Instead of doing that and having communication with my ex-husband, I just kept ignoring, 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 until it was right in my face and, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. But let me say this for all of the years that I was having dysfunction in that marriage, since we talked about, you know, people not wanting to face certain things, I was unwell. I had, body aches i never felt good i had chronic pain hormone dysregulation thyroid problems autoimmunity i mean you name it i was dealing with it okay 21 doctors in 10 years of trying to find out what was wrong with me and do you know that after the separation he said something to me that was very profound He said, all of these years, I was the one that was probably making you sick.
0: Yeah, that's so true. You know, you just reminded me of a client I had who was a young, newly married woman. Her mom was coming to me. She was at midlife, struggling with the midlife crazies. And I was helping her with that. And she said, would you see my daughter? she can't lose weight she had about 35 pounds to lose she couldn't lose a pound and she couldn't sleep her hair was falling out she was early 30s and i worked with her and we did what i call all the things right we looked at her hormones worked to balance her hormones fix her gut detox all the things and she couldn't get anywhere Uh and you know, this is back when I first started doing this type of work with women root cause resolution. And so finally I started asking her, because I always ask, you know, are you married? What's your relationship like? And she told me, oh, it's great, it's great. But then I really started probing, like what's going on? And she admitted to me that her husband was a porn addict. hmm And that just started unraveling everything. And it was immediate. The weight just came off. Her hair grew back. She slept. Once she finally realized that he wasn't going to change, he wasn't going to get help, and this was really, she was betraying herself, I saw her three months later, and she's like, the weight just came right off. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, amazing.
1: Yes. And we, we will so- protect ourselves in in any possible way that we can. We We will put on weight. We will have pain. We will have, I mean... People, I think there's a tendency to forget that we manifest the things that are going to protect us, right? Even if we're not conscious that we're doing it, you know, our bodies are, they're mir—they're miraculous. You know, they know what we need and, and whether or not we we actually protect ourselves, our body will create something and say, okay, well, if you're overweight, he won't want to have sex with you, right? Or if you're in pain, you can say, well, I'm in too much pain tonight to be near you, right? So. You know, let's not forget that we manifest those things. Our body speaks our, 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 sorry, yeah, our body speaks our mind, right? So whatever's on our mind, our body's going to show up with something that shows us that.
0: Yes, that's so true. I got to write that down. That's great. Our body speaks our mind. You know, it is our subconscious mind. And so the body's telling the truth. Are you listening Mm -hmm. is the question that I ask. Yes. You know, the symptoms that you have, pain in your foot, hair falling out, no sex drive, whatever, weight. It's your body telling you something's wrong. Are you listening? And it's not always something physically wrong. It could be something energetically wrong to do with your power and your boundaries. I had another woman I was working with and she had a problem with leaky gut, which everybody listening should know what that is because we talk about it on the podcast all the time. And if you don't know what it is, go listen to those episodes and you'll know, (laughs) which is a leaky boundary in your gut. And so when I started questioning her, she had leaky boundaries in her life. She did not say no. And her daughter-in-law in in particular would just call up on a a Friday or show up with her grandkids and say, oh, we decided to go out of town for the weekend. Here are the kids. You're gonna take care of them. And she would always say yes. I mean, it was, she could not say no because she didn't want her son to think that she didn't like his wife or that she wasn't being helpful. She thrived on getting her validation by letting them trample her boundaries. So she read the boundary book We did a lot of work around boundaries and she started finding her voice and she started saying no. Mm -hmm. And there was the rebellion. They didn't like that, of course, particularly around the babysitting. But then she could actually heal her body because her body was just mirroring the crappy boundaries she had in her external relationships internally.
1: Yes, And, and you know what she probably ended up doing even though the rebellion came and that they weren't real happy with her, was they probably? She was probably forcing them to look at their behavior in some form or fashion, whether they did it or not. Who knows? But when we do that again, when we when we are in relationship with others and we start to put up our boundaries and we start to protect ourselves, there's going to be a reaction from the people in our lives. They're going to feel like we're punishing them, or they're going to support us. One or the other. And you know that's the that's the dance of relationship. But if we don't, then there's dysfunction between partners or whatever that relationship is. The disfun- dysfunction continues. She eventually would be so bitter about probably babysitting and not having a life of her own as she got older and not teach them their own boundaries and how to treat people. That child would grow up thinking they could run all over somebody, right? It's a trickle-down effect when one person takes control and teaches that that healthy boundaries are important. It benefits everyone, even if they don't
0: know it. When I talk to women about this, one client in one of my group programs recently, she said, oh, I asked her, how was her holiday? And she said, oh, it was terrible. This this neighbor came with us. And I said, I had a migraine headache and I went in to go lay down and she came right into my room and she wouldn't stop talking. And I said, well, why didn't you tell her, to ask her to leave and set a boundary? And she said, I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. She could not say to the woman, I said, I have a headache and I need to be alone and lay down. And so we had to do work around that. So for those of us who now, who it's very challenging to set these types of boundaries, how do you even get started? I know for some people listening, they're like, go on the no train. What you talking about, Dr. Kieran? I can't, I always say yes, cause I'm terrified that people are gonna be mad at me or hate me or not like me or talk about me. How do they even get started? what you just said is how you start is first you ask yourself why do you care
1: why do you care why is it more important what other people think of you and how other people treat you than it is what you think of yourself and how you treat yourself that's giving your power away right why is it more important that the neighbor across the street thinks that you're the best neighbor in the world just because you brought a casserole dish even though you've never met her when her daughter was sick like why does that matter like we overextend ourselves to the point of ridiculousness to gain approval that lasts about two seconds when that neighbor's probably going to turn on talk about you. If you lay outside in your bathing suit on a Saturday (laughs) afternoon, do you know what I mean? Like we have to get real honest here. And so, so one of the things I like to say to people is this, this is a question you can ask yourself when you entertain the idea of saying no or setting up boundaries is what's the absolute worst thing that can happen. What's the worst thing that can happen if you do this? Oh, I'm sure you can come up with a list. Well, they won't like me anymore. Okay, then what's the worst thing that can happen if they don't like you anymore? It's kind of like Byron Katie's work, you know? The, yeah. The work, right? The work. You just keep doing that. You keep asking those questions until you take the why and the what and does it matter out of the conversation and you're left with yourself again is why do I not honor myself and love myself more than I love and honor others? That goes all the way back to childhood, and that's where we go back and we find out, you know, where was the broken attachment? What is my attachment um, style? Am I insecure? Am I dismissive, avoidant? Do I have secure attachment with some dysregulation here? And if so, where did that come from? And you know, you don't have your parents don't have to still be alive to repair those broken atta- attachments, but it's calling for your attention because when attachment is broken at childhood and we develop these insecure methods of dealing, we are then moving forward in our lives inauthentically, right? You would never treat that three-year-old child that has a broken attachment the way that you treat your 50-year-old self. You would never do that. So repairing what was broken from childhood and finding a way to step into being enough for yourself instead of expecting that parent that may no longer be there or is incapable of parenting you, okay? Because once you hit 18 to 20, you're really in charge of parenting yourself right so reparenting is one of my favorite tools for people when they're stepping into this position of saying no mm-hmm. is you are responsible for teaching yourself what you were not taught as a child and that is that you are enough you are valid you don't need anyone else to tell you so you have everything that you need within yourself and saying no is honoring yourself it's not hurting someone
0: else i think that's so important And I want to talk a little bit more about that. I do just want to say about what you said before that we call really what's codependence love. And you're, oh, that person won't like me. They won't love me. They won't care for me. That's codependence. But back to this part about self-parenting is one of your favorite tools. How do you teach someone about that? Because I remember the first time I heard that term, I had no idea what the person was talking about. I had no, like, what does that even look like, self-parenting? <laughs> how, what does that look like? <laughs> yes, well, I'm a parent,
1: right? I'm a parent. I have I have one 16-year-old son who, you know, he also went through significant trauma when this whole thing happened and we still deal with some of the shrapnel from that today, you know, almost 4 years later. But one of the things is and I like analogies because I I like to give people things to think about when we're visualizing how to change. It's important for me to have a little bit of analogy here. So, here's what I'd like to say is When something happens, you know, that is significantly traumatic or something that is hard to deal with, but you have to be an adult. Okay. So think about a school bus and on that school bus, you've got a small child and it's you driving that bus, this little kid. I see myself as this little blonde toe head. I had that white hair and I have a little white nightgown every time I think of myself and I'm driving this bus. And on that bus are all the things that adults deal with. Finances, raising children, mowing the yard, you know, paying the bills, all the adult problems. And I see that bus whenever I'm in an ex, uh, something that I know that I need to step into my adult shoes and parent myself. I see myself outside of that bus. I see that bus door being open and I see little me sitting there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm very kind and compassionate to myself. And I say, hey, you don't have to drive that bus around because you're just a kid. You're only seven. You know, six to seven is my age of trauma. Come on off of there. You go play and let me get on there and handle it. And so I do this whole visualization thing in my mind and she gets off. I give her a hug, send her off to do something I remember loving to do, playing kickball, climbing trees. And I get on that bus and I look at all those adult problems behind me and I know that I can handle them. So when we reparent ourselves, we're giving our our, our little me permission to go do what a child should do, have faith in yourself that you can handle it. And then you step into place. It's very interesting when you are having conversations or experiences with people who don't know how to be an adult. And it's very easy to recognize them, okay? And that's important for us to understand as adults, too, when we're stepping in our adult shoes, is that we have to show up as that person. They'll cross their arms. They'll have little huffy, you know, ex, you know, as children do, little kind of little mini tantrums, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or they'll just, I don't want to deal with that. Like very weird frenetic energy. Anytime that I experience an adult doing this, which I've had that happen twice in the last week, I am automatically, I will put myself in that school bus seat and I'll be like, okay, let's just take a deep breath for just a moment. Something seems to be triggered here. Can we have a a conversation now or do we need to return to it later, right? So when you take that position of adult, every time you do that, you're reparenting yourself and you're giving that little person permission to be the little person.
0: That's so good. (laughs) I love that visualization of you on the bus and then you just go in the bus and take care of her. What would a a parent do? So I love the reparenting tool. What are some other tools that you might offer for people to use? As far as
1: dealing with traumatic experiences and things like that, I do wanna throw this out there because it was absolutely one of the best things that I did when I was going through significant trauma. First and foremost, remember this, If you have a memory that comes up and it triggers a traumatic experience, so triggers are very real. As adults, we, we can recognize a trigger. And that's another thing. So let's stay there for a moment. Recognizing your triggers, is really important because when you do know that something is coming up within your body, it's a physical feeling, right? Maybe you've been in a near car accident before, right? Where your body gets flooded with adrenaline, you're like, oh my gosh, right? Well, that can happen just having a conversation with someone who says something that might bring something to the surface that is painful for you, right? Mm -hmm. When you feel those feelings in your body, don't try to push them away or ignore them. Don't try to run from them just be in that moment for that moment and say, I'm okay. I'm not going to die. That was my famous one for a couple of years after my separation. (laughs) I'm not going to die. I'm totally fine. I'm okay. I have everything I need. So self-talk and these are not affirmations. This is don't not to be confused with positive positive affirmations. Like tomorrow I'll be five pounds less tomorrow. I'll be five (laughs) pounds less. No, what we're doing is we're really just having a dialogue with ourselves as part of reparenting and reminding ourselves that we're totally okay. I'm fine. I'm fine, you're settling yourself down, okay? So that's one of the things is to, again, you have to be present. You have to be aware, recognize when those physical sensations come up and then speak to them, right? So that's one tool, one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is the second thing we t- we kind of touched on, which was don't see the things that aren't emergencies as emergencies. Mm-hmm. So we can practice that. Next time that you get very worked up or you're, you know, frenetic, again, anxious because you're, you've got an appointment, you're going to be late. Like, let's say I was worried I was going to be late today. Let's say that because I did a radio show across town before I came in to talk to you today. Mm-hmm. I was totally on time, no problems. But if I wasn't, I would be worried and anxious and thinking that this is an emergency. Oh my gosh. I would settle myself down. I would say, this is not an emergency. She's going to be there. You know, even if I'm five minutes late, yes, it's an urgency and I don't want to disappoint her, but it's okay. I'm not going to die and no one else is either just because (laughs) I'm late. Okay. So we have to keep reminding ourselves that we got to get out of this state of emergency because we're giving these messages to our physical body. Our mind is telling our body that this is an emergency when in reality, Maybe you just gotta make it to the dentist on time, but if you're late, okay, right? Yeah.
0: It is so true. The, the difference is everything. I was talking with a group of women earlier about what is stress. It's the difference between your expectation of what should be happening and what's actually happening. 100%. And you, you have an expectation, like I should always be on time uh, 100%. And then when you're not, you create this emergency and you set off that stress response system in your body, no different than if you were getting ready to get hit by a bus. Oh yes.
1: Yes. And yes, very, very important to, I mean, I'm so glad you said that because you know, one of the things that I think is really important as parents and as mothers and people that are raising these little people is that we put a lot of stress on ourselves. We have high expectations of ourselves as parents, right? And, you know, if if you've been through divorce and you've had a separate separated family and you're raising teenagers, gosh, help us all in that situation. (laughs) But we have to remember that we're not going to be perfect parents, that we have to allow ourselves the grace to heal as well. So I know there's a lot. I work with women of betrayal a lot to try and help them get their uh, power back, help them to see how they got where they are, that kind of thing. You know, so we don't go there again into those unhealthy relationships. But one thing that for me um, was really hard was that, you know, the ex-husband got to go away. He got to go away and get treatment and take, you know, move out and didn't have responsibilities. No dogs, no child to take care of, no, you know, huge house to move out of, none of that. And I sat over there and got into victim mode. So I want to share this for a moment too, because that's the very, very easy place to sink into when you experience significant trauma is you can immediately become a victim. And I went there. And I acknowledge that. And, um, you know, if he ever hears this, yes, I acknowledge that. But that's the last place that we want to be because what we we are not is victims. But what we do have to do is give ourselves the graces that we are picking up all of these pieces by ourselves. Anyone would be a little bit, you know, lid flipped to deal with that. So extending grace to yourself is more important in the middle of these types of situations or when you are feeling uneasy or uncertain than anything you can do is to say, you know what, I wouldn't treat my child this way, I wouldn't treat little me this way, so why am I being so hard on adult me, right? I deserve the grace that my friend, my mom, my daughter, my son, and everyone else does. That's really hard, that was really hard for me, and I'm still, I'm like, hi, I'm Carmen, I'm still working, on giving myself grace, okay? (laughs) Every day.
0: We all are, I think, you know, it's all in a process of becoming and realizing that we're just fallible humans and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I think this is key to achieving the vitality that you deserve to have at every age. And without addressing how you're living your life and addressing these attachment issues, these boundary issues, these energy issues, it's near impossible to achieve what it is you want to achieve for your health. I know you have a great gift for everyone that really takes them through seven essentials that are related to some of what we've been talking about. Why don't you tell them a little bit about it? We will have a link in the show notes.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I, that I experienced for myself, you know, I, and I will say, you know, when I moved out of the house from high school, I went off to college and I went off the rails. I was smoking, I was drinking, I was partying until six o'clock in the morning. I was doing all the wrong things. So there's never judgment when, you know, we have to meet ourselves where we're at and when we're thinking about where we wanna be. So being honest, again, extending that grace, I didn't live as clean as I could have, but what I realized is that my health, my health took a big hit. I triggered autoimmunity and hypothyroidism and all of these other things through that lifestyle so when i when I'm why I'm sharing this is that I had to learn through the process of you know painstakingly hard experiences of infections and all kinds of things, I needed to take baby steps, okay? And baby steps didn't mean going on an elimination diet and taking fifty supplements. It meant how can I at least start to eat differently, a little bit at a time? How can I start to see things differently? How can I get a handle on my sleep since I've been staying up till six in the morning I had to reverse that ball game? So the seven essentials is going to teach you little bite-sized pieces. I don't think any of the videos are less or more than five minutes long. Just a little taste of what all of those seven essentials are that can help you to kind of start taking your power back, dipping your toe in the water of, of getting back to the basics of care. And really that's what it is. I believe we've forgotten how to get back to the basics of care. So my goal is to teach people in an underwhelming way, how to physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially take back their lives in a way that feels good to them.
0: I love that thank you so much for that thank you for joining me carmen and sharing your story that is so vital for every woman to hear
1: well thank you so much for having me i appreciate it thanks for all the work that you're doing out there as well
0: thank you where
1: else can people find you besides your free gift yes they can find me at carmenhunterhealth.com i work with uh, health and wellness practitioners and then i also work with the general public I have a free uh, Wednesday wellness seminar, like it's just a series on how to take back your health and medical freedom by becoming more independent and less dependent on the conventional medical system. And it's all free, just lots of great valuable information and um, supporting people through the seven essentials.
0: Awesome, thank you so much, Carmen. Yes, welcome, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review, and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic. It's science.